First it was soft landing that's now become no landing, which suggests the global economy. Whatever bad was going to happen, it's already happened. Everything is fine from here on out. And as I've been saying, it depends upon three different parts or three interrelated parts. The first being China reopening, the end of zero COVID. The Chinese economy is now freed to just do what China's economy is allegedly always going to do, which is grow, 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 therefore spill over to the rest of the world. That's not going so well. Neither is, I would say, the second part, maybe the central thesis of no landing and soft landing, whichever you prefer, the U.S. economy, as exhibited by the labor market, maybe even some consumer price statistics, which suggest everything is going really well here. Despite Jay Powell's best efforts, he hasn't been able to slow anything down. But with regard to point number one and point number two, China and the United States, we have this massive near historic crude inventory build, which argues dead set against both of those. So let's set those aside and go to number, let's focus on number three here today. The third part of the soft landing, no, no landing scenario, which is Europe. Now Europe from the very beginning has never been in all that great shape to begin with. So the idea that Europe uh, is going to contribute to the soft landing, no landing is really about avoiding the worst case scenario. Energy prices surged last year and now it didn't destroy the entire continent. So must be that Europe is going to just skate on through with flying colors. Is it though? That's what we need to figure out today. And we're gonna start with last year with Christine Lagarde basically admitting that yes, Europe was not beginning this whole process from a very good place. As she said in February, early February of 2022, before all the fireworks in Russia, Ukraine, we have to bear in mind that demand conditions in the Euro area do not show the same signs of overheating, whatever that means, that can be observed in other major economies. This increases the likelihood that the current price pressures will subside before becoming entrenched, enabling us to deliver our 2% target over the medium term. And for that reasonable take on Europe's feeble economy, I offered Christine Lagarde an apology for her prior performance as a central banker and as a IMF official and said, here's finally one who's acting responsibly. And then of course, Russia invaded, the oil prices spiked and everything changed, but everything didn't change. Only certain things changed. What changed between her state statement on February 7th and now these, these series of rate hikes from Europe's central bank? The only thing that changed was oil prices because the European economy began last year, as she said, didn't no signs of overheating for lack of a better term. That didn't change throughout last year. The only thing that changed was central bankers fears over inflation expectations. That consumer prices boosted by oil were going to become entrenched and they believe that's how inflation actually works. This year, of course, very different story, a year ahead of time. At her last ECB meeting, press conference, <clears throat> Ms. Lagarde was asked about inversions. Finally, somebody asking her, not specifically inversions, of course, how they couch this question is always interesting because it, it's in the language of central banks to begin with. But essentially, she, the questioner said, 
you say you're tightening conditions, but the market is doing something else. How do you reconcile this behavior? Is the market doubting your rate hikes? Here's the question. President Lagarde, back in Davos, you said doubters should revise their positions if they don't believe that you're serious about inflation. But markets are again doubting you because the reaction to this decision was for financial conditions to actually ease a bit and expectations to come down. So what would you say to doubters today? That's not what the markets are doing. First of all, markets are not pricing easier conditions with inverted curves, especially in Germany, lower longer nominal, nominal uh, yields compared to short run nominal yields. That's not easing financial conditions. In fact, it's the opposite. And markets are doubting what Christine Lagarde's doing, but it's not rate hikes. Here's what Lagarde said in response to that question, or partly what she said. Now in Davos, I did say that we shouldn't be doubted. I think that's very much in relation to what we were going to do this time around and what we're going to do in the following meeting. And I hope that by being specific about today's decision, this is February, and pretty strong in terms of intention as to what we will do in March, those who observe carefully what we do will appreciate what we sh that we should not be doubted. Our determination to reach 2% medium-term inflation should not be doubted. And our determination to raise rates sufficiently, significantly in order to move into restrictive territory should not be doubted. Again, the markets are not doubting the, uh, the ECB or the Fed's commitment to rate hikes. What they're doubting strenuously is why each central bank is, is hiking rates. And in the case of the ECB and Christine Lagarde, they need to go back and revisit what they said in February of 2022 before the oil price spike and listen to what they were saying about the economy. Now there's more information, more data, more stuff coming in, more markets doubting certain things, which we'll get into in just a minute. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, curve stuff, history, details, what is modern money, all that stuff we have available at Eurodollar University's memberships, as well as research subscriptions. I do a daily briefing in partnership with Markets Insider Pro, where I go over the day's big macro, macro data, macro accounts, macro macro announcements as well as something big that's going on in the money and money curves and market curves all throughout the world that comes out daily daily briefing as well as a daily deep dive analysis where as the name implies we dive deep into all of these things what they mean what they mean for today as well as what they might mean for tomorrow information available for you at eurodollar.university so we look at Germany's curve, as I did recently. If you're interested about specifically the epic inversion that's going on in Germany, you can check out the video here. There'll be a link somewhere on the screen, I think. Anyway, Germany's curve has only gotten even more inverted ever since. Now, nominal rates are creeping up, but nominal rates are creeping up more at the short end than the long end. And by more, I mean a lot more at the short end than at the long end. And the next ECB meeting, is only a couple weeks away, March 16th, in which the ECB has said, and Christine Lagarde said at her last press conference back in February, the one I just quoted from, another 50 basis point rate hike. But here you can absolutely see those rate hikes are being resisted. Now that doesn't mean, as the questioner implied and, and as Lagarde's answer implied, that the market doubts the ECB's commitment to hike rates. That's not what's being doubted here. The markets are, are completely disagreeing with 
the reasons why Lagarde is, is raising rates and ultimately what that will mean down the road. What it will mean down the road, literally and specifically and technically in terms of inversion, is lower nominal interest rates. That's why we have major inversion. The market is absolutely sure that the ECB is going to continue hiking rates for as long as the ECB can pretend it needs to hike rates. That's really the difference. When we look at Germany's curve today, you just have to shake your head. The two-year tenure spread is now minus 44 basis points because the two-year rate has gone up far more than the tenure has. Going back to November, October and into November, that's when the big, big curve shift. Keep that in mind. The two-year, 30-year spread is now minus 57 basis points. And even the middle curve spread, which is an important one, which has been main, maintained itself right around flat for the last several months, ever since the first inversion back in September, that one has finally started to crack too. It's now inverted by about four basis points. So that's a key spread in the middle of the curve. What it's telling you is, again, the market is not doubting the ECB. What the market is saying, that there is another way for the entire system to reach, what did she say? The 2% medium-term inflation target. The market says they're going to reach the 2% inflation target, but it's not because of rate hikes. Now, we got some more data today. This is from the European Commission, and it's sentiment data about a variety of industries, consumers, retail, uh, industry, services, as well as price expectations. And this data tells us something important about how Europe has progressed over the last year or so. Beginning with the fact that consumer price trends or consumer price expectations for um, prices over the next 12 months, the index for the European Commission data, that peaked all the way back in, of course, March of 2022. The index was 64. And by the time the ECB got to its first rate hike in July, at the end of July, the index by that time had already dropped to 42.5. So 20 points off of the consumer price expectation index before the ECB ever got going. And of course, today it's 17.7. 17.7 is pretty much average for normal periods during, or, you know, I hate to say normal, but during non-inflationary or disinflationary periods over the last decade. So over the last year, it's gone from 64 back to 17.7, and it started that decline long before the ECB began to move. And we see the same thing in industrial selling prices over the months ahead. This indexed as industrial firms, what they think they're going to be able to do in terms of selling their products. What are the prices of the goods they think that they're going to get as they sell them over the months ahead? That index peaked in April of last year, of course, at 61. And again, by July, by the time the ECB even thought about rate hikes, the index had fallen to 45. It now stands at 24 today. It's a little elevated compared to historical period, but not all that much. And you can see where this is going. What changed in terms of price expectations is exactly what we saw change in U.S. data or in other data around the world. The, lar the biggest, the largest oil price surge back last March that was tied to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's what shows up in all the data. And if Europe began March of 2022 before the price spike, or actually as the price spike was happening, in a feeble economic situation, which Christine Lagarde admits it was, 
what's the point of the rate hikes? As she even admitted over the months afterward, it's not like she can get more oil out of the ground. It's not like she can get shipping containers moved around. It's not like she can do all of the things which were actually contributing to consumer price pressures, especially electricity and energy price pressures in Europe. It had nothing to do with an overheated economy. It had nothing to do with economic growth whatsoever. The rest of the uh, European Commission sentiment data shows the same thing. Consumer confidence overall was minus 9.4 in, in February of 2022, which is not good. That's again, Lagarde said, we don't see any overheating in Europe. Consumer confidence, minus 9.4. That immediately dropped to minus 22 in March because of course it did. And it got as low as minus 28.7 in September that today is minus 19. And that, that relative rise off the low in September coincides with lower electricity prices for Europe, but is also, it, it, it also forms the basis of this idea Europe is going to be just fine because consumer confidence has come back up from an, a really steep low. That doesn't mean that Europe is going to be just fine. Retail confidence. Retail confidence, that index was plus 4.7 last February, immediately dropped to minus 3.5 March of 2022. It got as low as minus 7.7 in September. Again, the electricity prices peaking. Today, uh, as of February 2023, that's the latest reading, minus 0.1. So it's back from minus 7.7, but is minus 0.1 a good number for retailers' confidence? Not necessarily. Industrial confidence. Industrial confidence was plus 13.9 last February, fell to 8.3 in March, got as low as minus 1.3 in September, and now it's plus 0.5, but that's down from where it was plus 1.2 in January, so it didn't continue on the upward trend. Same for other parts of the European Commission confidence data. Certain industries got up a little bit in January, then they ticked back down in February. But relatively speaking, the improvement over the last several months of last year was modest. And if you extrapolate that forward as forever going forward, yes, Europe is on the mend, it's recovering. That seems to be what's driving this narrative of a soft landing, no landing. And it's one that is shared by Christine Lagarde at her last press conference. Back in back last month, February of 2023, at the ECB's policy meeting, which was what, February 2nd, she had this to say, which is exactly what many, many people are starting to believe. Rising wages and the de recent decline in energy price inflation are also set to ease the loss of purchasing power that many people have experienced owing to high inflation. This in turn will support consumption. Overall, the economy has proved more resilient than expected and should recover over the coming quarters. Again, no landing, soft landing. So she went from thinking the economy was feeble last year before we even got to the worst of oil and energy prices to this year thinking, well, it must be resilient because the economy didn't crash and fall off a cliff. Or did it? Maybe that's, what bothering, that's what's bothering the marketplace. Maybe the marketplace is saying, yes, the ECB is going to go forward with rate hikes because they believe the economy has looked very resilient throughout this massive price pressures over the last several months, over the, over the last year or so. And it has held up, it has, it has appeared to hold up relatively well during it. But what if 
surprise, surprise, the worst is still yet to come. That would explain the inversion. And it would also explain what we're seeing in Europe's loan data. Like a lot of companies in the United States and other places around the world, companies in Europe had been borrowing more and more money from the banks. Was this inflationary? Was it because of price pressures? Or was it like we suspect, because we see this happen every time just prior to recession, companies in Europe were becoming very defensive. So European loans to non-financial co corporations, which, what is, which is what the Eurostat or the European data is called, that grew pretty substantially, still not really inflationary, not really all that much in the historical context, but just like 2020, there was a burst of borrowing and lending for these non-financial corporations last year. But as you can see, ever since last November, borrowing has changed, borrowing has ceased. Loans to non-financial corporations are sideways to lower. Is that because of interest rates? Is that because of the ECB finally got rates up high enough? Or is it like the yield curve, the German yield curve, which shifted to major inversions in November where companies saw or banks saw the economy moving in another direction and cut off the loans? Or companies saw that the economy was finally starting to move in that wrong toward the wrong direction toward recession and said, it's not prudent even to borrow on a liquidity cushion basis. And it wasn't just that. Loans to households in Europe also peaked. Well, they haven't peaked, but they've slowed down materially since last June. Now, if you want to lay that at the doorstep of Christine Lagarde and say, this is rate hikes finally working. The year-over-year uh, -year change in January uh, was 3.5%, which is down from 4.8% in June, which was the highest. And the 3.5% in January is the slowest since February 2021. On a more shorter-run basis, um, it's just 1.0% change over the last six months. So going back to July, which is the slowest six-month change since May 2020. Germany, German uh, GDP surprisingly shrank by 0.436% quarter over quarter in the revised number for the fourth quarter, which is a 1.73% annual rate uh, quarter over quarter. European GDP has slowed down to just basically flat 0.108% quarter over quarter or an annual rate of 0.43%. So we have this disagreement where Lagarde says the economy seems to be holding up well, it hasn't fallen off a cliff, and that last year that was the worst of it. So we're going to keep hiking rates because we think the economy is doing really well, it's doing good enough that we need to focus on inflation risks. Where the market says, yep, we absolutely do believe you're going to focus on inflation risks, but that you're absolutely wrong about that. That's the inversion. That's the disagreement. That's the doubt. And it's not just Europe. It's everywhere. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, a huge thank you to Eurodollar University members as well as our research subscribers. And until next time, all of you take care.